Book two, part two of the Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia by Philip Sidney. Book two, part two. These words won no further of Pamela, but that telling her they might talk better as they lay together, they impoverished their clothes to enrich their bed, which for that night might well scorn the shrine of Venus and there cherishing one another with dear though chaste embracements with sweet though cold kisses it might seem that love was come to play him there without dart or that weary of his own fires he was there to refresh himself between their sweet breathing lips but philoclea earnestly again entreated pamela to open her grief who had first dissembled but at last adjured philoclea to take warning by her example alas thought philoclea to herself your shears come too late to clip the bird's wings that already is flown away but then Pamela, being once set in the stream of her love, went away amain, with all telling her how his noble qualities had drawn her liking towards him, but yet ever weighing his meanness, and so held continually in due limits, till, seeking many means to speak with her, and ever kept from it, as well because she shunned it, seeing and disdaining his mind, as because of her jealous jailers, he had at length used the finest policy that might be, in counterfeiting love to Mopsa, and saying to Mopsa whatever he would have her know and in how passionate manner he had told his own tale in a third person, making poor Mopsa believe that it was a matter fallen out many ages before. And in the end, because you shall know my tears come not neither of repentance nor misery, who, think you, is my Dorus fallen out to be? Even the Prince Musidorus, famous over all Asia for his heroical enterprises, of whom you remember how much good the stranger Plangus told my father, he not being drowned, as Plangus thought, though his cousin Pyrocles indeed perished." ah my sister if you had heard his words or seen his gestures when he made me know what and to whom his love was you would have matched in yourself those two rarely matched together pity and delight a few days since he and demetrius had furnished themselves very richly to run at the ring before me oh how mad a sight it was to see demetrius like rich tissue furred with lambskins but oh how well it did with dorus to see with what a grace he presented himself before me on horseback making majesty wait upon humbleness how at the first standing still with his eyes bent upon me, as though his motions were chained to my look. He so stayed till I caused Mopsa bid him do something upon his horse, which no sooner said, but, with a kind rather of quick gesture than show of violence, you might see him come towards me, beating the ground in so due time, as no dancer can observe better measure. If you remember the ship we saw once when the sea went high upon the coast of Argos, so went the beast, but he, as if centaur-like, he had been on peace with the horse." was no more moved than one with the going of his own legs, and in effect so did he command him as his own limbs, for though he had both spurs and one, they seemed rather marks of sovereignty than instruments of punishment, his hand and leg with most pleasing grace, commanding without threatening, and rather remembering than chastising, at least if sometimes he did. It was so stolen as neither our eyes could discern it, nor the horse with any change did complain of it, he ever going so just with the horse, either forthright or turning, that it seemed as he borrowed the horse's body, so he lent the horse his mind. In the turning one might perceive the bridle hand something gently stir, but indeed so gently as it did rather distil virtue than use violence. Himself, which methinks is strange, showing at one instant both steadiness and nimbleness, sometimes making him turn close to the ground, like a cat when scratchingly she wheels about after a mouse, sometimes with a little more rising before, now like a raven leaping from ridge to ridge, then like one of Demeter's kids bound over the hillocks, and also done as neither the lusty kind showed any roughness, nor the easier any idleness but still like a well-obeyed master whose beck is enough for discipline ever concluding each thing he did with his face to mewards as if thence came not only the beginning but ending of his motions the sport was to see demetrius 
how he was tossed from the saddle to the mane of the horse and thence to the ground giving his gay apparel almost as foul an outside as it had an inside but as before he had ever said he wanted but horse and apparel to be as brave a courtier as the best so now bruised with proof he proclaimed it a folly for a man of wisdom to put himself under the tuition of a beast so as dorus was fain alone to take the ring wherein truly at least my womanish eyes could not discern but that taking his staff from his thigh the descending it a little down the getting of it up into the rest the letting of the point fall and taking the ring was but all one motion at least if they were diverse motions they did so stealingly slip one into another as the latter part was ever in hand before the eye could discern the former was ended indeed dametus found fault that he showed no more strength in shaking off his staff but to my conceit the fine cleanness of bearing it was exceeding delightful one time he danced the matachin dance in armour oh with what a graceful dexterity i think to make me see that he had been brought up in such exercises another time he persuaded his master to make my time seem shorter in manner of a dialogue to play primus while he played paris tell me sweet philoclea did you ever see such a shepherd tell me did you ever hear of such a prince and then tell me if a small or unworthy assault have conquered me truly i would hate my life if i thought vanity led me see what a letter this is which to-day he delivered me pretending before mopsa that i should read it unto her to mollify forsooth her iron stomach with that she read the letter containing thus much most blessed paper which shall kiss that hand whereto all blessedness is in nature a servant do not disdain to carry with thee the woeful words of a miser now despairing neither be afraid to appear before her bearing the base title of the sender for no sooner shall that divine hand touch thee but that thy baseness shall be turned to most high preferment therefore mourn boldly my ink for while she looks upon you your blackness will shine cry out boldly my lamentation for while she reads you your cries will be music say then o happy messenger of a most unhappy message that the too soon born and too late dying creature which dares not speak no not look no not scarcely think as from his miserable self unto her heavenly highness only presumes to desire thee in the times that her eyes and voice do exalt thee to say and in this manner to say not from him oh no that were not fit but of him thus much unto her sacred judgment o you the only honour to women to men the only admiration you that being armed by love defy him that armed you in this high estate wherein you have placed me yet let me remember him to whom i am bound for bringing me to your presence and let me remember him who since he is yours how mean soever he be it is reason you have an account of him the wretch yet your wretch though with languishing steps runs fast to his grave and will you suffer a temple how poorly built soever but yet a temple of your deity to be raised but he dieth it is most true he dieth and he in whom you live to obey you dieth wherefore though he plain he doth not complain for it is a harm but no wrong which he hath received he dies because in woeful language all his senses tell him that such is your pleasure for since ye will not that he live alas alas what followeth what followeth of the most ruined dorus but his end end then evil destined dorus end and end thou woeful letter end for it sufficeth her wisdom to know that her heavenly will shall be accomplished o my philoclea is he a person to write these words and are these words lightly to be regarded but if you had seen when with trembling hand he had delivered how he went away as if he had been but the coffin that carried himself to his sepulchre two times i must confess i was about to take courtesy into mine eyes but both times the former resolution stopped the entry of it so that he departed without obtaining any further kindness but he was no sooner out of the door but that i looked to the door kindly and truly the fear of him ever since hath put me into such perplexity as now you found me ah my pamela leave sorrow the river of your tears will soon lose his fountain 
it is in your hand as well to stitch up his life again as it was before to rend it and so though with self-grieved mind she comforted her sister till sleep came to bathe himself in pamela's fair weeping eyes which when philoclea found wringing her hands o oh me said she indeed the only subject of the destiny's displeasure whose greatest fortunateness is more unfortunate than my sister's greatest unfortunateness alas she weeps because she would be no sooner happy i weep because i can never be happy her tears flow from pity mine from being too far lower than the reach of pity yet do i not envy thee dear pamela i do not envy thee only i could wish that being thy sister in nature i were not so far off akin in fortune but the darkness of sorrow overshadowing her mind as the night did her eyes they were both content to hide themselves under the wings of sleep till the next morning had almost lost his name when miso came with the slavering good morrow telling them it was a shame to mar their conditions and their complexions too with lying too long abed that when she was of their age she would have made a handkerchief by that time a day the two sweet princesses with a smiling silence answered her entertainment and obeying her direction covered their dainty beauties with the glad clothes but as soon as pamela was ready and sooner she was than her sister of the agony of dora's giving a fit to herself which the words of his letter lively imprinted in her mind still remembered her of she called to mopsa and willed her to fetch dora's to speak with her because she said she would take further judgment of him before she would move demeter's to grant her in marriage unto him mopsa as glad as of sweetmeat to go of such an errand quickly returned with dora's to pamela who intended both by speaking with him to give some comfort to his passionate heart and withal to hear some part of his life past which although fame had already delivered unto her yet she desired in more particular certainties to have it from so beloved an historian yet the sweetness of virtue's disposition jealous even over itself suffered her not to enter abruptly into questions of musidorus whom she was half ashamed she did love so well and more than half sorry she could love no better but thought best first to make her talk arise of pyrocles and his virtuous father which thus she did dorus said she you told me the last day that plangus was deceived in that he affirmed the prince musidorus was drowned but withal you confessed his cousin pyrocles perished of whom certainly in that age there was a great loss since as i have heard he was a young prince of whom all men expected as much as man's power could bring forth and yet virtue promised for him the expectation should not be deceived most excellent lady said dorus no expectation in others nor hope in himself could aspire to a higher mark than to be thought worthy to be praised by your judgment and made worthy to be praised by your mouth but most sure it is that as his fame could by no means get so sweet and noble air to fly in as in your breath so could not you leaving yourself aside find in the world a fitter subject of commendation as noble as the long succession of royal ancestors famous and famous for victories could make him of shape most lovely and yet of mind more lovely valiant courteous wise what should i say more sweet pyrocles excellent pyrocles what can my words but wrong thy perfections which i would to god in some small measure thou hadst bequeathed to him that ever must have thy virtues in admiration that masked at least in them i might have found some more gracious acceptation with that he imprisoned his look for a while upon mopsa who thereupon fell into a very wide smiling truly said pamela dorus i like well your mind that can raise itself out of so base a fortune as yours is to think of the imitating so excellent a prince as pyrocles was who shoots at the midday sun though he be sure he shall never hit the mark yet as sure he is he shall shoot higher than who aims but at a bush but i pray you dorus said she tell me since i perceive you are well acquainted with that story what prince was that euarchus father to pyrocles of whom so much fame goes for his rightly royal virtues or by what ways he got that opinion and then so descend to the causes of his sending first away from him and then to him for that excellent son of his with the discourse of his life and loss 
and therein you may if you list say something of that same musidorus's cousin because they going together the story of pyrocles which i only desire may be the better understood incomparable lady said he your commandment doth not only give me the will but the power to obey you such influence hath your excellency this king left orphan both her father and mother whose father and grandfather likewise had died young he found his estate when he came to the age which allowed his authority so disjointed even in the noblest and strongest limbs of government that the name of a king was grown even odious to the people his authority having been abused by those great lords and little kings who in those between times of reigning by unjust favouring those that were partially theirs and oppressing them that would defend their liberty against them had brought in by a more felt than seen manner of proceeding the worst kind of oligarchy that is when men are governed indeed by a few and yet are not taught to know what those few be to whom they should obey for they having the power of kings but not the nature of kings use the authority as men do their farms of which they see within a year they shall go out and so there were officers sold public defences neglected and in some wit abused rather to feign reason why it should be amiss than how it should be amended in short peerless princess i might easily set down the whole art of government but must tell you the history of king euarchus he had only one sister a lady lest i should too easily fall to partial praises of her of whom it may be justly said that she was no unfit branch to the noble stock whereof she was come her he had given in marriage to dorilaus prince of thessalia not so much to make a friendship as to confirm the friendship between their posterity which between them by the likeness of virtue had been long before made for certainly dorilaus could need no amplifier's mouth for the highest point of praise dorilaus having married his sister had his marriage in short time blessed for so are folks wont to say how unhappy soever the children after grow with a son whom they name musidorus of whom i must needs first speak before i come to pyrocles because as he was born first so upon his occasion grew as i may say accidentally the other's birth for scarcely was musidorus made partaker of this oft blinding light when there were found numbers of soothsayers who affirmed strange and incredible things should be performed by that child whether the heavens at that time listed to play with ignorant mankind or that flattery be so presumptuous as even at times to borrow the face of divinity but certainly so did the boldness of their affirmation accompany the greatness of what they did affirm even descending to particularities what kingdoms he should overcome that the king of phrygia who over superstitiously thought himself touched in the matter sought by force to destroy the infant to prevent his after expectations because a skilful man having compared his nativity with the child so told him foolish man either vainly fearing what was not to be feared or not considering that if it were a work of the superior powers the heavens at length are never children but so he did and by the aid of the kings of lydia and crete joining together their armies invaded thessalia and brought dorilaus to some behind hand of fortune when his faithful friend and brother euarchus came so mightily to his succour that with some interchanging changes of fortune they begat of a just war the best child peace in which time euarchus made a cross marriage also with dorilaus his sister and shortly left her with child of the famous pyrocles driven to return to the defence of his own country which in his absence helped with some of the ill-contented nobility the mighty king of thrace and his brother king of pannonia had invaded the success of those wars was too notable to be unknown to your ears to which it seems all worthy fame hath glory to come unto but there was dorilaus valiantly requiting his friend's help in a great battle deprived of life his obsequies being no more solemnized by the tears of his partakers than the blood of his enemies with so piercing a sorrow to the constant heart of euarchus that the news of his son's birth could lighten his countenance with no show of comfort although all the comfort that might be in a child truth itself in him forthwith delivered for what fortune only soothsayers foretold of musidorus that all men might see prognosticated in pyrocles both heavens and earth giving tokens of the coming forth of an heroical virtue 
the senate-house of the planets was at no time so set for the decreeing perfection in a man as at that time all folks skilful therein did acknowledge only love was threatened and promised to him and so to his cousin as both the tempest and haven of their best years but as death may have prevented pyrocles so unworthiness must be the death of musidorus but the mother of pyrocles shortly after her childbirth dying was caused that euarchus recommended the care of his only son to his sister doing it the rather because the war continued in cruel heat betwixt him and those ill neighbours of his in which meantime those young princes the only comforters of that virtuous widow grew on so that pyrocles taught admiration to the hardest conceits musidorus perchance because among his subjects exceedingly beloved and by the good order of euarchus well performed by his sister they were so brought up that all the sparks of virtue which nature had kindled in them were so blown to give forth their uttermost heat that justly it may be affirmed they inflamed the affections of all that knew them among which nothing i so much delight to recount as the memorable friendship that grew betwixt the two princes such as made them more like than the likeness of all other virtues and made them more near one to the other than the nearness of their blood could aspire unto which i think grew the faster and the faster was tied between them by reason that musidorus being elder by three or four years it was neither so great a difference in age as did take away the delight in society and yet by the difference there was taken away the occasion of childish contentions till they had both passed over the humour of such contentions for pyrocles bare reverence full of love to musidorus and musidorus had a delight full of love in pyrocles musidorus what he had learned either for body or mind would teach it to pyrocles and pyrocles was so glad to learn of none as of musidorus till pyrocles being come to sixteen years of age he seemed so to overrun his age in growth strength and all things following it that not musidorus no nor any man living i think could perform any action either on horse or foot more strongly or deliver that strength more nimbly or become the delivery more gracefully or employ all more virtuously which may well seem wonderful but wonders are not wonders in a wonderful subject at which time understanding that the king euarchus after so many years war and the conquest of all pannonia and almost thrace had now brought the conclusion of all to the siege of byzantium to the raising of which siege great forces were made they would needs fall to the practice of those virtues which they before learned and therefore the mother of musidorus nobly yielding over her own affects to her children's good for a mother she was in effect to them both the rather that they might help her beloved brother they break off all delays which musidorus for his part thought already had devoured too much of his good time but that he had once granted a boon before he knew what it was to his dear friend pyrocles that he would never seek the adventures of arms until he might go with him which having fast bound his heart a true slave to faith he had bid a tedious delay of following his own humour for his friend's sake till now being both sent for by euarchus and finding pyrocles able every way to go through with that kind of life he was as desirous for his sake as for his own to enter into it so therefore preparing a navy that they might go like themselves and not only bring the comfort of their presence but of their power to their dear parent euarchus they recommended themselves to the sea leaving the shore of thessalia full of tears and vows and were received thereon with so smooth and smiling a face as if neptune had as then learned falsely to fawn on princes the wind was like a servant waiting behind them so just that they might fill the sails as they listed and the best sailors showing themselves less covetous of his liberality so tempered it that they all kept together like a beautiful flock which so well could obey their master's pipe without sometimes to delight the prince's eyes some two or three of them would strive who could either by the cunning of well spending the wind's breath or by the advantageous building of their moving houses leave their fellows behind them in the honour of speed while the two princes had leisure to see the practice of that which before they had learned by books to consider the art of catching the wind prisoner to no other end but to run away with it to see how beauty and use can so well agree together that of all the trinkets wherewith they are attired there is not one but serves to some necessary purpose 
and o lord to see the admirable power and noble effects of love whereby the seeming insensible loadstone with a secret beauty holding the spirit of iron in it can draw that hard-hearted thing unto it and like a virtuous mistress not only make it bow itself but with it make it aspire to so high a love as of the heavenly poles and thereby to bring forth the noblest deeds that the children of the earth can boast of but by the next morning even as the sun began to make a gilded show of good meaning there arose before his face a dark veil of clouds which blacken all the heavens preparing a mournful stage for a tragedy to be played on the traitorous sea began to swell in pride against the afflicted navy and such a storm played his direful part as sundered all the vessels driving the good ship of the two princes on a rock which hidden with those outrageous waves did as it were closely dissemble his cruel mind the ship broke herself in pieces and as it were tore out her own bowels to feed the sea's greediness the princess alas was sundered as the wreck musidorus driven out to sea on a piece of the ship while contrariwise pyrocles was shortly brought out of the sea's fury to the land's comfort being cast on land much bruised and beaten both with the sea's hard farewell and the shore's rude welcome and even almost deadly tired with the length of his uncomfortable labour as he was walking up to discover somebody to whom he might go for relief there came straight running unto him certain who as it was after known by appointment watched with many others in divers places along the coast who laid hands on him and without either questioning with him or showing will to hear him like men fearful to appear curious or which was worse having no regard to the hard plight he was in being so wet and weak they carried him some miles thence to a house of a principal officer of that country who with no more civility though with much more business than those underfellows had showed began in captious manner to put interrogatories unto him to which he unused to such entertainment did shortly and plainly answer what he was and how he came thither but that no sooner known with numbers of armed men to guard him for mischief not from mischief he was sent to the king's court which as then was not above a day's journey off with letters from that officer containing his own serviceable diligence in discovering so great a personage adding withal more than was true of his conjectures because he would endure his own service this country whereon he fell was phrygia and it was to the king thereof to whom he was sent a prince of a melancholy constitution both of body and mind wickedly sad ever musing of horrible matters suspecting or rather condemning all men of evil because his mind had no eye to espy goodness and therefore accusing sycophants of all men did best sort to his nature and this king with a toad-like retiredness of mind had suffered and well remembered what he had suffered from the war in thessalia but when this bloody king knew what he was and in what order he and his cousin musidorus so much of him feared were come out of thessalia assuredly thinking because ever thinking the worst that those forces were provided against him glad of the perishing as he thought of musidorus determined in public sort to put pyrocles to death for having quite lost the way of nobleness he strave to climb to the height of terribleness and thinking to make all men a dread to make such one an enemy who would not spare nor fear to kill so great a prince and lastly having nothing in him why to make him his friend he thought he would take him away from being his enemy the day was appointed and all things prepared for that cruel blow in so solemn an order as if they would set forth tyranny in most gorgeous decking the princely youth of invincible valour yet so unjustly subjected to such outrageous wrong carrying himself in all his demeanour so constantly abiding extremity that one might see it was the cutting away of the greatest hope of the world and destroying virtue in his sweetest growth but so it fell out that his death was prevented by a rare example of friendship in musidorus who being almost drowned had been taken up by a fisherman belonging to the kingdom of bithynia and being there and understanding the full discourse as fame was very prodigal of so notable an accident in what case pyrocles was learning withal that his hate was far more to him than to pyrocles he found means to acquaint himself with a nobleman of that country to whom largely discovering what he was he found him a most fit instrument to effectuate his desire for this nobleman had been one who in many years had served euarchus and had been so mind-stricken by the beauty of virtue in that noble king 
that though not born his subject he ever professed himself his servant his desire therefore to him was to keep musidorus in a strong castle of his and then to make the king of phrygia understand that if he would deliver pyrocles musidorus would willingly put himself into his hands knowing well that how thirsty soever he was of pyrocles blood he would rather drink that of musidorus the nobleman was loath to preserve one by the loss of another but time urging resolution the importunity of musidorus who showed a mind not to overlive pyrocles with the affection he bare to euarchus so prevailed that he carried this strange offer of musidorus which by the tyrant was greedily accepted and so upon security of both sides they were interchanged where i may not omit the work of friendship in pyrocles who both in speech and countenance to musidorus well showed that he thought himself injured and not relieved by him asking him what he had ever seen in him why he could not bear the extremities of mortal accidents as well as any man and why he should envy him the glory of suffering death for his friend's cause and as it were rob him of his own possession but in this notable contention where the conquest must be the conqueror's destruction and safety the punishment of the conquered musidorus prevailed because he was a more welcome prey to the unjust king and as cheerfully going towards as pyrocles went frowardly fromward his death he was delivered to the king who could not be enough sure of him without he fed his own eyes upon one whom he had begun to fear as soon as the other began to be yet because he would in one act both make ostentation of his own felicity into whose hands his most feared enemy was fallen and withal cut off such hopes from his suspected subjects when they should know certainly he was dead with much more skilful cruelty and horrible solemnity he causeth each thing to be prepared for his triumph of tyranny and so the day being come he was led forth by many armed men who often had been the fortifiers of wickedness to the place of execution where coming with a mind comforted in that he had done such service to pyrocles this strange encounter he had the excelling pyrocles was no sooner delivered by the king's servants to a place of liberty than he bent his wit and courage and what would not they bring to pass how either to deliver musidorus or to perish with him and finding he could get in that country no forces sufficient by force to rescue him to bring himself to die with him little hoping of better event he put himself in poor raiment and by the help of some few crowns he took of that nobleman who full of sorrow though not knowing the secret of his intent suffered him to go in such order from him he even he born to the greatest expectation and of the greatest blood that any prince might be submitted himself to be servant to the executioner that should put to death musidorus a far notabler proof of his friendship considering the height of his mind than any death could be that bad officer not suspecting him being arrayed fit for such an estate and having his beauty hidden by many foul spots he artificially put upon his face gave him leave not only to wear a sword himself but to bear his sword prepared for the justified murder and so pyrocles taking his time when musidorus was upon the scaffold separated somewhat from the rest as allowed to say something he stepped unto him and putting the sword into his hand not bound a point of civility the officers used towards him because they doubted no such enterprise musidorus said he die nobly in truth never man between joy before knowledge what to be glad of and fear after considering his case had such a confusion of thoughts as i had when i saw pyrocles so near me but with that dorus blushed and pamela smiling dorus the more blushed at her smiling and she the more smiled at his blushing because he had with the remembrance of that plight he was in forgotten in speaking of himself to use the third person but musidorus turned her thoughts at this day of his story in rough sort being with sword in hand by laying heartily about him and pyrocles the excellent pyrocles did such wonders as had made musidorus full of courage had he been born a card but as they were still fighting with weak arms and strong hearts it happened that one of the soldiers commanded to go up after his fellows against the princes having received a light hurt more wounded in his heart went back with as much diligence as he came up with modesty which another of his fellows seeing to pick a thank of the king strake him upon the face reviling him that so accompanied he would run away from so few but he as many times it falls out only valiant when he was angry 
in revenge thrust him through which with his death was strange revenge by a brother of his and that again requited by a fellow of the others there began to be a great tumult amongst the soldiers which seen and not understood by the people used to fears but not used to be bold in them some began to cry treason and that voice straight multiplying itself the king oh the cowardice of a guilty conscience before any man set upon him fled away wherewith a brute either by art of some well-meaning men or by some chance as such things often fall out by ran from one to the other that the king was slain wherewith certain young men of the bravest minds cried with a loud voice liberty and encouraging the other citizens to follow them set upon the guard and soldiers as chief instruments of tyranny and quickly aided by the princes they had left none of them alive nor any other in the city who they thought had in any sort set his hand to the work of their servitude and god knows by the blindness of rage killing many guiltless persons either for affinity to the tyrant or enmity to the tyrant killers but some of the wiser seeing that a popular license is indeed the many-headed tyranny prevail with the rest to make musidorus their chief choosing one of them because princes to defend them and him because elder and most hated of the tyrant and by him to be ruled whom forthwith they lifted up fortune i think smiling at her work therein that a scaffold of execution should grow to a scaffold of coronation but by and by came news that the tyrant was not dead but had fled to a strong place and was gathering his forces with all speed but those collected were dispersed as soon and the king killed in the fight by the two princes thereon the chief rule and kingship was offered to musidorus but he thinking it a greater greatness to give a kingdom than to get a kingdom bestowed it on one who was left of the blood royal an aged gentleman of approved goodness and soon by this king and his people the kingdom next joining was added to his and the country well cleared of monsters and cruel giants of hugeness and greatness and therefore well called giants who did trouble it end of book two part two